I was farming with my father when the war began. I had been a volunteer with the Territorials and I thought I was sufficiently trained to go to war, so I enlisted. I was the only son in the family with eight sisters, but I thought, well, I'm going, and away I went. I'd heard fellows talking about the South African war in the times they had there. I thought I'd like to see what they're talking about. The British Empire wasn't in my thoughts. I didn't know a great deal about it. I wanted to have a trip around the world, and I thought there was a chance to have it, and I wanted to have adventure. You could say it was my ambition to go to war. I'd been trained as a good rifle shot. Sailing off to war with all the other Nelson boys made it even more of an adventure. We had this strenuous training in Cairo, and all of a sudden we were ordered to Ismailia. The Turks were advancing across the desert, and they were going to use boats to try and get across the Suez Canal. They tried to cross the canal right in front of the Motueka platoon of 12th Nelson Company. No Turk got across. My platoon was 200 yards away and I never fired a shot, but I could hear all the shooting a short distance away. There was only one New Zealander killed, and that was Bill Ham, the first New Zealander to fall in battle. We took his body from the canal and marched back to Ismailia and had a special burial for him. So Gallipoli wasn't my first action. Burials soon wouldn't be so special. We had trouble with our boat and didn't land until well into the afternoon of April the 25th, about five o'clock. The wounded and killed were lying about in all directions. I should say a thousand or more of them. The noise was terrific. There was a rattle of fire on top of the hills and the wounded was coming down the hills to the beach. Most of them were singing out, Have you got a cigarette? Some couldn't walk anymore. They were falling down in pain. I suppose I walked past 30 or 40 dead. I don't remember being frightened. I was anxious to get up to the firing line to see what the others was doing. I never got that far. I was not into the main firing line, not in the first spell, not for at least a fortnight. The Australians and New Zealanders held a semicircular position at Anzac. We were posted to the end of the line, to the left. The next three days we were still in the same position, and we went out onto an outpost, just the Nelson Company. It was there, on that outpost, my first mate got killed. That was Artie Fellows. I don't know who shot him. I don't know who shot got him. It could have been a Turk shot, it could have been ours. Artie was the first of our company to get killed. I was about ten yards away. I went out and saw him there, killed. He was shot right in the head. He never said a word. My officer told me to search his clothes. I'd given him some money in Cairo and the officer said if Artie still had any, I was to have it. My mate said, no good you look and he spent it. I said, good luck to him. I just found a little pocket knife and I had it engraved when I went to England and I gave it to his mother when I returned to Nelson. Then we buried Artie in the shrubs on a little hill away from everybody. You couldn't dig a grave six feet deep. That was just impossible, not there. We were lucky to get his boots under. I placed him in the grave with the help of some of my mates and one of my other mates read a poem from the little black book we all carried and that was the last of poor Arthur. I covered him up and put a small cross on top of him. It had just AR fellows written on it, that was all. From the Nelson outpost at Anzac we were taken down to Cape Hellas. The British there were trying to take this hill called Archibaba. We were sent out to the left of the British position to make the Turks think we were going to attack that way. Then in the evening we went off to the right. We had orders to go over to the top the next morning as soon as the British battleships had shelled Archibaba. I suppose the bombardment lasted a quarter of an hour or 20 minutes. The British thought they had killed everyone, but they hadn't. The shells fell too far behind the Turkish lines. The Turks were intact and ready for us. As soon as the bombardment finished, we were ordered over the top. When we ran across the daisy patch towards the Turk line, there was thousands of rifles and machine guns trained on us. 
They were across open country just 400 yards away. We were getting shot from all directions. It was just a mass of bullets. The ground was hopping with bullets like it was hailing. The Turks was all in trenches. All you could see was their heads. They weren't in the open at all. They had every chance of shooting us and we couldn't shoot them as we ran. I didn't think I'd ever get to the Turkish lines the way the things were. There was a machine gun trained across where I was. There were five chaps killed in front of me. One, two, three, four, five, as quick as that. I went down too. I thought it was no good going through that machine gun fire just to get killed and I ducked down and lay flat as I could with my entrenching tool in one hand. I tried to dig in and all of a sudden I got a bash under the entrenching tool with a bullet. It just missed my arm. I felt the shock of the dirt. I put my entrenching tool over my brains and another bullet came straight at me. That bullet went down. I played dead in the hot sun until dark. Then I made my way back to the olive grove. Sixty of our company was lost. I managed to meet one of my old mates. He'd been shot in the foot and I helped him back to the doctor. That was what the daisy patch was. Playing dead with entrenching tool over me brains and helping me wounded mate back to the doctor. It was a silly thing ever to think about. We knew very, very little about what we were supposed to be doing. We hadn't a hope of doing anything to the Turks at all. Not with the few men we had. We hadn't a chance to take Archie Bubba in daylight. We couldn't advance into 30 or 40,000 Turk rifles. It was a bad act for any general. I suppose I mean Sir Ian Hamilton. He was in charge at Cape Hellers. We couldn't blame General Godley for the daisy patch. He was still up at Anzac. We were angry to think we'd lost so many men with no gain. We never won any country at all. So we went back to Anzac. At first we were huddled under the place we called the Sphinx. My officer said to me, I'm ill. I've got to get away. Will you help me down to the beach? I took him down there and when I got back my company was gone. I didn't know where they'd gone to. I had to go on my own to find my company. I walked over a hill and while I walked along I was getting sniped at by a Turk about four or five hundred yards away. I didn't know where I was. I was alone in a strange country with this sniper. Finally I got down into a gully and I saw a New Zealander I knew. I said, where's my company? Oh, he said, up there. Up those steps you can see far away in the distance. So I went up those steps far away in the distance and that's how I found my company. They'd taken over Quinn's post. When I got into the trenches at Quinn's, I found we were less than 20 yards off the Turk trenches. Between our trenches and theirs were about 15 or 20 bodies. They were there for the whole time I was in Quinn's post, about six weeks. The stink was worst at night. You can guess how we lived. The biggest item living at Quinn's was trying to get a bit of sleep in the racket. You were lucky to get two hours of it. You couldn't sleep because of the flies. Flies that flew in and out of your mouth like a hive of bees and over the top of you. You couldn't drink your tea or stew a bit of food without the flies pouring down. Every bush you touched buzzed with flies. You couldn't see the open latrines for flies, flies thicker than anything you've ever seen. We fought the flies harder than we fought the Turks. When I looked out my periscope, all I could see was a heap of flies, not bodies, between us and the Turks. The flies were just about four inches deep over the bodies, that's what you looked at. Above the bodies was the Turk sandbags. You could see that their sandbags were all loopholes. They had iron loopholes. We had no iron loopholes, so they had superior fire with proper loopholes to shoot through. We had to make a loophole out of a sandbag, and if you showed yourself, they could shoot you through the corner of a sandbag. I don't know that I've ever shot a Turk outright. If I shot them, I shot them through loopholes. I shot at a Turk 700 yards away once and he dropped. A lot of others fired at the same time, so I don't know if it was my shot, but I wouldn't have liked my shot fired at me. My old rifle didn't tell lies. I could put seven shots out of ten into the bullseye. There were night raids from Quinn's post. A hundred of us went across. When we advanced, a bullet fired from the Turks, struck a dead body and rotting flesh flew up over front of me, from my chest down to my pooties. I had to wait until the attack had quietened down to get myself clean. 
Stink wasn't in it when a dead body had been disturbed. One day I had a chance to go down to the beach. I hadn't had a swim for weeks. The lice was driving me mad. I took all my clothes off and threw them in the tide and I said to the lice, Now you stop there, you buggers, till tomorrow morning. You stop there until I go back to the trenches tomorrow. I thought they would drown, but by God, they fattened. I pulled on my shirt to dry it out and as I walked over back to the trenches and they were suddenly crawling all over my body again, they said, We haven't had a feed for 24 hours. What are you doing to us? By God, they was big. No one knows what lice and flies are about until they have to stand up and swing their arms about and swear like we did on Gallipoli. At Quinn's post we were fighting lice, flies, stink and turks. You didn't have time to get bored. I stayed sane at Quinn's post by always looking to kill the other bugger. Looking to kill the other bugger and looking after myself while I was doing it. I had nothing against the turks personally. You shot at everything you could shoot at. I went sniping in no man's land sometimes. I know I made the turks keep their heads down when I got stuck in. I knew my gun, I had it six years, it fired two inches out of true, and I can still see every shot I fired, I fired thousands of bullets. My gun just wore out, ready to be leaned against the parapet at Anzac where I left it. I don't know that I can dwell on anything special about the campaign, it was a waste of lives. I remember three fine school teachers killed in my section. What do I remember most? My mates. Nothing much more. I went back to Gallipoli 50 years later and had a look around. I remembered my mates then too. They're almost all gone now, even the ones who got off the peninsula alive, all gone. That's what I dwell on. Those good mates all gone.